0: athletes take your mark get set it's time for the addict to athlete podcast everybody out there coach blue robinson here thank you so much for downloading sharing and subscribing this podcast we would love you to the ends of the earth if you wouldn't mind jumping on there and giving us a review as well that review helps us get the word out helps us increase platforms so that team addict to athletes message can get out there further and into the ears of those who really need it Please jump on our website addict2athlete.org. You can find tons of resources, old podcasts. I even found out we had a blog on there. So jump on there and, and see what uh, what's available for you to download and, and maybe get some information on addiction, addiction, addiction recovery, and some resources. Um, Patreon subscribers, thank you so much. You are making Team addict to athletes mission uh, a, a, a dream come true if you want to uh, subscribe to be a patreon supporter jump on patreon.com slash athlete and you can pick a tier that works best for you two dollars a month gets you all of our bonus content and then uh, the tiers that follow increase the tiers. you increase the perks and the merchandise and the special offers so i want to give a special shout out to our super fans Jeremy thurston holly davy scott foster coach chris williams Brett Fru and the Warrior Within podcast and personal development with Sensei KP, our rookie levels. Thank you so much, Josh Hansen, Kenny Roseman, Earl Dyer, and Joe Jackson. Our pro level subscribers. We can't. Lo- we don't love these guys as much as I should probably. I should probably really put out there that I love the pros, especially because one of them is Gary Thurston. Thank you so much, Gary, and the other, Selena Armitage. You both are are in my heart so deep. Thank you so much for our championship level subscribers. They are Shad and Freya Robison and the Robison family, Ron and Dee Loesch, and of course, Tracy Whitby. You guys are rock stars. You're helping Addict to Athletes Mission uh, come, come out and help more people each week. So thank you so much. All right, athletes, I am ecstatic because we finally landed a very near and dear person in, in my heart. We, we go back quite a ways, and uh, I was just talking to her before we started recording that she was one of our first guests on the Addict to Athlete podcast way back in the day. We, we, we estimate between five and six years ago, which uh, was under the uh, Podbash network that later turned into Radio Ronan. Um, but I want to welcome back a dear friend of mine, Christy Long. Say hi, Chris.
1: Hey, thank you. So
0: happy to have you here.
1: Thanks. I'm excited to be here.
0: Do you remember all those years ago when we sat in my little office and tried to make a podcast with one little mic?
1: That was fun.
0: You were just saying that. <laughs> I'm like, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we've, we've come up. have We've grown a little bit since then. Quite a bit. That's awesome. Christy and I worked in the, in the world of substance abuse counseling, and she kind of watched Addict to Athletes' uh, inception as we got going and, and became part of that. She's had her family participate in various ways, and, and it's funny because I'm seeing these Facebook posts, and I'm like, I can't believe those boys are, are growing up. It's, like, it's bizarre how fast.
1: They're adults.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> But Christy, you, you are an individual that we wanted to catch on this podcast. Uh, your story is, is amazing, and we're going to find and resurrect the old story um, because you, you talked very deeply about addiction, recovery, and then up to the now. But that's been a few years ago. Yeah. We wanted to touch base with you today a little bit about maybe giving some... I don't know, some some special advice to to those in recovery, specifically the women in recovery who sometimes feel or maybe think that their history is such that they just simply can't and and fill in the blank after that. Right. I I can't have a good job. I can't have a good education. I know I can't have my family system be as whole as, as I want it to be. I think you've proved a lot of those wrong. Would you mind giving the listeners a little background on you, and then we'll dive into what you've done over the last several years that's put you into the industry of of going to school to become therapist, having had your your sudsy your substance use disorder counselor to yeah. to help people, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: All right. So a little bit of a background. Um, so addiction and alcoholism is run in my family, uh, and. Um, so my dad passed away when I was 14. My uh, my oldest brother was really into the into the drugs hard, um, and you know I I ended up dating people who struggled with addiction, mm-hmm. um, and I ended up having two wonderful little boys. Um, and their dad committed suicide in 2004. Yeah. Um, I'm the one that found him, and it was super, super traumatic, most traumatic thing in my life. Right. Um, you know, and from that point on, I, I really just downward spiraled for a few years uh, into the drugs myself. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I lost my kids to DCFS. They were placed with my mom, so I didn't have anywhere to live. You know, there for yeah. a while I lived in my car because I couldn't be home with my kids. Right. Um, and so I know what it's like to be homeless. I, you know, I used to to fall asleep with a, a needle in my arm, you know, yeah. like I was in the bottom of the barrel. Um, blame myself for someone else's choice to take their own life, you know, and right that is um, so far from where my life is today. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of pain back then. And um, I've had a lot of really good people believe in me through the years that has helped me learn to believe in myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Listening to listening to that, it, it still kind of like breaks my heart because, you know, I didn't know you back then. And so I sit here and scratch my head like, come on, really? But <laughs> you, you still remember those experiences. It's not right. like it goes away. It's like, you know how how many times do you look yourself in the mirror and just think, "Oh my gosh, we are we are so lucky, we're so blessed, you know, yeah. to be where we are today." Because it could have changed and turned out so different, right? So, much. so I, much. I look at that, Christine, and I'm like, "That's that's that that's that champion inside that heart of a champion that, that I believe you have, and I have for a long time." What got you into uh, a mindset of wanting to serve as a career choice? Because when I first met you, it was at the Utah County Division of Substance Abuse. You were working in the intake kind of uh, part where people come and do their assessments. And uh, my very first time I really knew who you were was, uh, again, on a day that you'd rather not like to remember, but it was Halloween. Right. And we were doing this costume party, and my department dressed us up as, um, what the Wizard of Oz. And I was like a, a freaky Munchkin. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I do. But you brought your cute little daughter over, and you dressed her up as a Cabbage Patch doll. Yes. And both Marissa and I were like oogling over how cute that was, <laughs> and that's my first introduction when, with you was was during that, and our friendship and our and our, our ability to kind of uh you know become colleagues kind of was from there. But what got you into a mindset of wanting to to work in that industry, knowing. That you'd had a history that you know drugs had taken away some pretty important people and situations in life. Why, why go into that as a stepstone into a career?
1: I wanted to help people not have to go through the same pain that we went through, um, uh. and not even that, just that, but to help people who were going through similar situations to know that there's hope and there's light at the end of the tunnel.
0: That is amazing. Now, did you think of that as you were applying or were you like, I hope I could be a little bit of a help, but like, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big wish list.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, at first when, when I very first was hired on down with the, with the county, Mm -hmm. um, my friend that was working there in, in uh, drug court said, you know, you should apply, you'll get, you'll get hired. And I was like no they're not going to hire me i'm a drug addict you know talking yourself um, out of it already yeah. yeah and she's like would you just apply you're going to get the job so i actually started at foothill and it had worked there for quite a while before i met you when i moved over to the actual health and justice building um and from there you know it was when i was working at foothill my boss there um mm-hmm. i had applied i was going through school i thought i wanted to be a nurse and And uh, she and I sat down and I said, you know, I think I might want to, I might want to be a therapist, like do some more hands on stuff. And and from there, I decided to take that turn and and get my substance use disorder counseling license. And, um, you know, it was going through school and seeing that, hey, I can get straight A's. um, I can do this. Sometimes I'd still, you know, I still have Mm -hmm. that negative thinking trying to tell myself I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. but. I started more, you know, with each step I could take and I could see that it was that these dreams were coming true and that I could help people. Um, it just kept kept building. You know, I was like, well, if I can help this person, maybe I can help two people and then maybe I can help three. Yeah. You know, so
0: I, I love that. The mentors, the people that are, are along the journey, we'll, we'll get into those on your journey here. Um, I know who you're talking about, the 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 boss over there at Foothill, yeah. and it's kind of a cool thing. I think, and maybe I'm partial, but I think the years that we were there were golden years. Yeah, I mean, it's where Team to Athletes started ten years ago. You know, we're we're almost approaching our ten year anniversary know, for Team to Athlete. It blows my mind. But with with some of the mentors of, of ours very much in common, um, I think for a period of time there things were. It, it worked so well. It was a dream team.
1: It was the dream team. And
0: obviously, yes. you, the dream team can't work together forever because they gotta. We gotta go out and do other things too. But there was some neat experiences that we had there. And I loved when, when you did cross over into that counseling side because you and I got to work together doing things like, like the dual diagnosis groups yeah. and the the P A T R groups and those kind of things. And I, and I loved it because um, all hearts were beating in that same rhythm. Was yeah. that, What was that time like for you? Because, again, you're like new to the game. You're like, I, I want to do this. I'm, I'm doing this. We can talk ourselves out of, of doing right. a lot of this stuff. But now it's almost like, okay, you can do this. You've got, the, you've got your degree now to do counseling. And I remember telling you, I'm like, "Hey, let me tell you about what you can do yeah. scope of practice with this." and you started changing lives fast,
1: well, you know, so I want to back up just a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, my oldest brother, um with his addiction he he was he spent a lot of time in prison, right. you know that was the answer back then. just send him to prison, yeah and so I was um I don't know if raised in the prison culture is the right term, but I remember remember going into the prison to see him and telling my mom, I'm going to make a difference with this population someday. That was way before I ever even thought I could, you know, be a professional in this field.
0: What do you think your mom thought when you said that?
1: Um... She was thinking, I'm, I bet she thought, yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. not going to come into this I'm prison and you, work. <laughs> I'm not letting you go in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also was the first one to tell me the prison's not full of garbage. You yeah. know, it's wow. full of people who have made mistakes and they're human beings. That
0: was one thing I appreciated about you and just the way that you carried yourself is because our, our hearts beat at that same rhythm. Yeah. And I remember early on us talking about those kind of things about like the, the good that's still there. Um, I'm interested though, how did you see past all that? Because not a lot of people can. I remember when Addict to Athlete was with Lomax, and we'll talk about Lomax in a while, but when he helped get Addict to Athlete started at Conquest, and we did a 5K up there, people, when they did a news story on it, people came out of the woodwork to be trolls and to to downplay that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they didn't get to have the experience I had with talking with these people, running next to them. I'm curious, how in the world did you get to see past that? Because the prison equals scum, but you saw something very different.
1: And I still do. You know, I I knew who my brother was as a person, yet I seen how he was labeled, Mm -hmm. and I knew he was so much more than what he was labeled as. Mm -hmm. And in um, in working with him and being his sister, I met a lot of people who, you know, these young guys who had gone into prison in their, you know, late teens, early 20s, um, and they learned how to survive. survive. It wasn't a life they wanted to live. Being in prison isn't cool, it's not what they want. It becomes their way of life and what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they start to believe there are nobody out on the streets, but when they're in prison, there are somebody. And to me, my brother was always a somebody, whether he was inside or outside of the prison walls. Oh, and wow. so I wanted to treat people the way that I wanted my own family treated. Yeah, And that's really where, you know, when you and I were working together doing the PATR groups and um, I that was just my passion. I wanted to teach these <clears> guys that they had more worth than signing their lives away to the prison walls.
0: I love it. I, I-, I watched you do that firsthand. And it was awesome because I, I watched the time that you took with them too. Because when I'd going into group or whatnot, uh, and they were kind of recounting things that were going on, it was always like, Well, Christy helped me with this and and she did this and then and then one's like, Yeah, but have you asked her about that? And everyone had this common story about this extra mile that you would take with with everybody. And everyone's extra mile was a little bit different. Yeah. So I kinda of envision you in there like like this, this orchestra, you know, like like conductor trying to get all these guys going. <laughs> but it was cool because that was beyond your your, your duty, you know, and, and your scope to a point where it's like, you can just do this, but you're like, why bare minimum? Right. They've already been given the bare minimum. Right. What happens when you take that extra mile? What have you seen when you go that extra mile?
1: Man, I have watched people completely change their lives, yeah. you know, and I'm not the one that does the work. I, I look at it kind of like a GPS system. Mm-hmm. I calculate the route they are the driver you know and so and if they don't choose to take that next right turn we recalculate and we we try to make the best of of the next possible route you know and and i've watched families heal together Mm -hmm. um you know my brother right now has a little over three years sober he's uh he's got a new little baby he's bought a house he's married to a wonderful person and um Those are the things that happen when when people start to believe in themselves. Yeah. You know, so I just, I feel like I just believed in them a little bit until they could start to believe in themselves.
0: It's important to have, I think, that, I'm glad you you touched base on it, because so often people in addiction, um, they kind of get into that that mindset that no one cares, that no one's watching. And the ones that do are the ones that ridicule and mock. Right. Um, you kind of being that person that cares, uh, you know, not just for for your your clients and the people you work with, but for your family and stuff. Um, I think again, I think you're a lot like me. It's it's how do we how do we heal the healers when we need help, right? Right. And I think a lot of times as we lean into it a little bit, and we're like, we do things for ourselves, but all the same breath. I think it's amazing you've talked about before we started recording about mentors that you've used along the way, yeah. um, and I think that that's such a crucial thing because you didn't get where you are alone you did the work but you had some special people how important is it for for women or even men for that matter to find uh find a mentor
1: it is so important that has been such a crucial piece in my recovery and in my complete lifestyle change you know if i hadn't had people there to believe in me and push me you know I never in my life thought that I would be where I'm at in life today. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a single mom of three wonderful kids, and, you know, we don't fit into that stigma of your we'll typical put four single kids. We'll put Mike in there too, right? I know <laughs> right. Mike will listen yeah. to this. Yeah, we'll put Mikey in there. <laughs> um, but you know, we don't we don't fit the typical single single parent stigma. Yeah, and um, and I, I just I wouldn't be able to help people the way that I I feel I can. Um, And again, I don't do the work for them. I I try to be that mentor piece for people. Um, And without me having my own mentors, people believe in me along the way, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at.
0: Well, I'm, we're going to do a, a few name drops here because I know your mentors because they were mentors of mine as well. Right. Um, uh, and, and I've got to get him on here. And I have no idea why I haven't yet. I don't know. Maybe he'd stiff me. So I might need your help convincing Richard Nance to be on our podcast.
1: Ooh, I bet I could help you with that.
0: Richard um, was our boss at the county. Yes. And ultimately, the one that gave Addict to Athlete the green light, too. You know, Bruce Chandler said, hey, let's do this. Richard Nance was like, all right, let's see what he can do with this. Right. Um, Richard, uh, a, an amazing guy. He does, he's got his hands, in, he has his hands in so much stuff. Um, you've used him as a mentor. and it's, So much. It, it's, it's awesome because, Richard, people are afraid of him, right? They're like, oh, Richard, oh, what's he doing here? Yeah. And I love it because... He's got a heart of gold, and he, he'll never—he'll never say that out loud. No, nope. but you and I can say that because we've seen it.
1: Well, you know, I just have to throw in here really quick. Um, so Richard and my oldest son have the same birthday, <laughs> nice. and not only is Richard one of my biggest mentors, but my oldest son wants to be like Richard when he grows up, That's and awesome. I— to me, that is so cool. Yeah, you know. Um, i still you know richard has seen something in me that i didn't see in myself and um and he invested his knowledge and and time into me to help me become who i am today and you know even still today i talk to him frequently Mm -hmm. Um, we sit on the utah substance abuse professionals board together awesome um and he just he never gave up and when i started you know, doubting myself, he would say, no, let's look at it this way, you yeah. know? And, and he always took time. Um, as the director down there, he, uh, he told me once, you know, that he treated his employees as they were, you know, like if they need something, it's an individual thing. You treat people like people, yeah. you know? And he's not my only mentor to say that, exactly. you know? So I've just... That's one of the biggest things I've learned from several of my mentors is to treat people like people.
0: Absolutely. So It's interesting you say that, too, because my first experience with with Richard was before I even worked with him. And it was as an up-and-coming sudsy in an internship at a program where my boss at the time um, didn't like Richard because Richard had boundaries. And he's like, you operate in this if you want our help, and then we'll help you. And he got a bad rap. And it was interesting because when I met Richard for the first time, I'm like... Well, no wonder my former boss didn't like him. He, he's, he's a man of integrity. <laughs>
1: right. He's like,
0: you do it this way because none of us want to lose our license or go to jail. And I'm like, aha. Right. And the cool part about that was, you know, even as an employee of his, I felt very secure in that they knew what they were doing. Right. He knew what he was doing, and, and and so for me, I'm like I I get that, and then I start seeing. All right, it's interesting who we choose to like be on our journey, right? And because you're right, like you know these these people with morals and values and integrity, they're harder and harder to find these days. They're yes. out there. But you chose him as one of your mentors. The other mentor you chose uh, that we were talking about—that's that's one of mine too—is uh, Desmond Lomax.
1: I love Desi. So Desi's much.
0: been a, been on the podcast. We're hoping to get him again soon. Yeah. And I went to school with with Lomax, and it was funny because it was right during that Dream Team time, uh, yeah. and so we all kind of did this stuff together. But the neat thing about about him is you you felt and heard the same things from Richard to to Lomax, yes, different kind of approaches but same heartbeat um is there room in your heart for more than one mentor
1: yes yes you know and they they both have a a different approach um you know desi uh he doesn't come across as rough as richard and believe me richard's not not as rough as he portrays he's just very by the ethics and values you know Mm -hmm. um desi you know we work together doing the patr program and um he trusted a lot of what i you know my ideas he heard my ideas and how we could make things better and before i knew it he had me you know in a position where i was going across the state training people on the on the patr program and uh you know we was just talking a couple weeks ago and he said you know i would ask you to do something and it's done like he says you're just a hard worker and you know i shared with you a little bit ago that at one point in time like he has shared with me that he felt like I treated myself like a project that people just invested in. Mm-hmm. And um, he he encouraged me to see that I already had those capabilities and that because I had the capabilities to carry out certain tasks, that's why people invested their their knowledge and time into me. It's, mm-hmm. it's not because I was some project that needed to be fixed, it's because there was something there. And so that felt really good, you know, to have him say that to me that, that he's seen that, and and Richard sees that, you know, and and you, like, let's not forget, you're one of my oh, big mentors too.
0: Thank you. Well, I, I look at that, and I and I think, okay, so for for that young woman who who's wanting to make a change, who maybe has that that desire, maybe even some time under her belt to be clean, but believes that it's not possible because, I mean, Chris, you had everything stacked up against you, yet you pushed it aside and you persevered. Tell me a little bit about the drive, specifically being a, a female in this industry. Because as we were talking, one of the reasons I, we so wanted you here is because we need women to come and share their stories because they get overlooked quite a bit. Right. And I'm thinking you had so much, uh, I guess, kind of adversity right. that it would be easier for you just to throw in the towel, but you chose not to. And I think that there's, there's something inside that I know you, you have that said, no matter what, I'm, I'm doing what I what I want to do. Right. How how did you stay focused? How did you stay, I guess, present uh, enough to say, in a male-dominant industry, I'm going to show them who I am?
1: You know, I... Um,
0: you may not have ever thought about that, but I, I watch that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I just kept doing the best I could, and mm-hmm. I could feel the difference... Not that I was making with people, but by me working in this building, the people I was working with and continue to work with to help them believe in themselves, you know. And it took a lot for me to learn how to believe in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I, you know, when I was in active addiction, I I did not live in my integrity, you know. Mm-hmm. And today, that is the number one thing. You know, I say to thine own self, be true. Yes. 100%. Oh, yes. And sometimes that means... You know, it means things get a little harder for a minute or you don't make as much money or, you know, you don't have the the perfect dream job. I'm still able to to take all of that, live in my integrity to thine own self, be true. And I keep pushing forward because I'm worth it today.
0: I, I love that. I love that principle, listeners. That's something I think you need to maybe rewind and listen to once more because I'm a firm believer that we shouldn't just settle and that if something's going on in your world that's not kosher or congruent with the way you wanna live, then who's gonna be the one to change it, right? right? You are. And so listening to that is kind of interesting because again before we started recording we caught up for about a half hour yeah, and we were talking about some changes in our lives and things that we did you know from employment to family to living situations all this stuff and it's like if we're not happy we're doing it wrong and right. so why stay stuck in a, in a in a job or at a school or in a relationship that's not producing a positive you know vibe by nature it's like right. you know what i'm i'm kind of getting into that consumer paradigm that's not you. You're not no. just one to just sit there and, no. and just let things happen. You're you're a producer. And so um, when life's adversities have been thrown your way and your integrity has been questioned, um, I love the fact that I've seen you move and not settle. You're right. Do you recognize that in, in some of the stuff you do?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. And, and you know, I um, so I have to hurry and give a quick shout out to Mike J. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who helped me finish grad school mm. so that I could be where I'm at today. Um, you know, Mike, Mike Jorgensen. Another mentor. A, another mentor of mine. Um, and through all of this, you know, I never dreamed that I, that I could accomplish school, let alone be on the, the ending side of, of grad school, right? Yeah. Um, I hear you. And in education, in jobs, in relationships, I know my worth today, and I'm not going to settle. Like, I, that is one thing, um, and you know, you have taught me very much mm. that a relationship is a privilege, not a right, yeah. and I very much live by that oh, today. thank you. Very much live by that, you know, and I don't need, I don't, I don't need relationships. I'm still single today. Mm-hmm. It's good. I'm good with that because I'm not going to settle yeah. per se, you know, and it's not to say I haven't met some really great people. Um, I'm still working on me.
0: Yeah, or that you're you picky know? beyond recognition. Right. It's, it's no, you still feel like there's stuff that you need to and want right. to accomplish before.
1: Right. You know, and and I, I don't want to look for my happiness through someone else, mm-hmm. right? I want to create my own happiness and find someone who's already created their happiness and, and bring it together. Oh, my you heck.
0: Know? Yeah. And
1: um, the Will Smith little talk that he gives kind of stands out to me with that but Mm -hmm. you know i know what i bring to the table today when it comes to my career when it comes to education when it comes to relationships when it comes to being a mom you know and it's my job to teach especially my children Mm -hmm. um, how to live within their integrity how to be honest with themselves so they can be honest with others and how to treat people like people because you never know what somebody's going through yeah. yeah,
0: you know, I, I hear that and it, and it gives me cold chills because um, I've seen it firsthand from you. Um, I'm going to shift gears and throw a curveball at you and say the last time that I remember us like being part of Addict to Athlete Together was several years ago and the Provo Half Marathon. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> it was me, you, Zach, Josh Hansen, and the world, it felt like. Right. 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 And our job was to be the sweepers, which is kind of the hardest job there because you're last. Right, right. Um, I remember Zach. This whole time, and I remember <laughs> we're talking, we're having fun, and about what? I'd say about four or five miles in, you're like, okay, I think I'm gonna have Mike come pick me up. And, and you're like, how far do we have to go? And I'm like, I think we have like a mile before we're on the mouth of the canyon. Unbeknownst to me, your son was calling Mike and saying, you're not coming to get her. She's going to finish this.
1: <laughs> I had bronchitis. That was yeah. the most terrible idea that yeah. I ever had to think I could do a half marathon as a sweeper. Yep. I mean, the sweepers were sweeping the sweeper. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it was awesome because halfway through, I'm starting to get nervous because I'm like, all right, um, I can tell she's not happy. And... You know where the crap is mike right and then zach leans over he's like he's not coming man he's not coming She's gonna finish this and then it hit me i'm like okay if if he if if zach believes enough in his mom to finish this then what am i doing helping her try to find a ride and you remember we just kind of leaned into it a bit and we started like okay we're gonna we're gonna run to that and we're gonna walk and we're gonna run to that and it was it was awesome Christy, because i don't think you realized the gift that you gave me where f- at that time I was doing tons of like stuff, but I wasn't coaching as much anymore. And right. I'm like, I f- I'm like, this is why I started Addict Athlete, so that I could coach, and as we're running, I'm noticing that not just you're listening to me, but Josh is, is running with us, and all this stuff is going down. And we get closer, and we're getting closer, and it's miserable, and you're like, holy crap, and once we get out of the canyon, it's like, I have to go that far now? I know where the county building is, and it finishes <laughs> right by where we used to work. What the heck? <laughs> And uh, the coolest thing was when Shad brought Emma yes, up there. Yes, that it was, little
1: girl saved my life that day. You got
0: to push Emma that day. What was that like for you?
1: You know, she completely saved my life that day. And that was, I felt like she was my little angel that helped me fly through the finish line. You yeah. know, we, went, we still went slow, but I, two blocks away from the finish line, thought I was going to pass out, and I had this little girl in this in this race stroller and i thought we're gonna do this Mm -hmm. like we are gonna do this that day that little girl saved my life absolutely i would have quit i would have walked away like and and having her there and she was so excited Mm -hmm. you know and it was really cool to be able to have her there and realize that that's something that she loves to do so much um but she doesn't have the little legs to run for herself. Yeah. And so I was able to provide that even though I was going super slow. And you were there pushing me still. Yeah, we you and Zach, there. Josh, yeah, you guys were still pushing me. We were all me. there together. And I was so embarrassed up until the point that, that uh, we met up with Emma. I was like, oh, I'm holding everybody back. Mm-hmm. And I knew better. Like I had bronchitis. I should have never signed up for that race, but I don't regret it one bit because of that experience
0: well and and i think that you bring up a good point too that i I want all listeners to understand is that it doesn't matter who comes in first or who comes in last the goal is to just get where you're going right absolutely and i I loved it because i don't know if you knew this but you didn't finish last
1: i know i think you uh, made that happen on purpose yeah (laughs) absolutely
0: and to me it was one of my favorite races because it uh, again no one finishes alone and that's what i loved about what that meant is that your son believed enough in you, and I guess felt that his, your range of being able to ground him was out of reach, and so he kind of kept <laughs> saying, "No, don't come get her," and uh, and I love that because um, we had great conversations, we had yeah. great triumphs, we had great—I mean, we had Josh Hansen there, the stand-up comedian, right? I mean, it was <laughs> so great, fun. it was so much fun. But I'll always remember that as being kind of one of one of the highlights of Addict Athlete's career so far, is because. Um, it's hard when we want to give up and someone believes enough in you to like say, ah, I'm enduring the suck with you. Yeah. Um, how often do you think you do that for people without even realizing it, that like people want to give up and you're like, no, you've got a little bit more in your tank and maybe you don't come out and like tell them you're going to finish this race. It's more of we're going to do this together. And then right. by the time they realize they're done, right?
1: Right.
0: How often have you seen that in your own life?
1: Um,
0: even with clients you've worked with, you know, that wanted to give up.
1: I I don't like to take the credit for any of that. Um, mm-hmm. I tell them right from the get-go that we're in this together. Right. You know, I'm not going to do the work for them, but I'll walk by their side. Yes. Um, and I think that's huge because I had to have someone walk by my side, you know, and, uh, and I still do, you know. My mm-hmm. kids are by my side today, but um, when it comes to those that I work with, like, I hope I'm giving them that piece of hope, you mm-hmm. know, and I hope. I mean, I see a lot of them that that we are hitting that finish line together, you know, and uh, and I hope they keep going with their dreams. Absolutely. In life.
0: Do you, what do you think when, when someone hears this and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's such an inspiring story. What happens when people come to you and they're like, you are such an inspiration. How do you how do you wrap your head around that?
1: It's hard for me because I don't. I don't look at myself like that. I'm I just you. a Neither person. do I. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just a person out trying to help other people that are going through similar experiences to what I've been through and to know they can do it without picking up and drinking and drugging.
0: Isn't that an interesting paradigm too? Because like when they can never say to us, well, you know what? Well, you had it easy. Right. And so many people, I've talked about this recently and I don't remember when, but about how, how someone sees where we are now and they're like you know, yeah, I'm going to be where you're at. But then they start realizing it's not all rainbows and sunshine. There's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of, I'm going to say some loneliness and then some humility and all kinds of feelings that go into this. Um, How did did you, because I know how I did it, but how did you balance all of that side and still keep doing the stuff that got you to the positive outcome? Because... Christy, that mindset is different. It's so crazy. There's so many things that we could have thrown in the towel for. But right. how do you keep it when things get really rough and scary?
1: Well, I I can remember where I was. You know? So uh-huh. I don't I don't forget where I was at one point in my life mm-hmm. and where I never want to go back to because it was really painful. It was really hurtful. And my life is not like that today. It doesn't right. matter how bad things get things get better tomorrow's a new day
0: you know
1: and um, man life is so beautiful and when I can focus on what I'm grateful for today it helps me keep pushing through and you know I never in my life thought that I would say that I'm grateful for my husband's suicide Mm -hmm. I learned so much I learned that his choice was not my choice I can't take ownership in that I learned that I can raise my kids on my own and they're going to turn out great. Right. You know, my kids, my kids are so awesome. Right. Um, I learned that we can do hard things like our little Carly used to tell us, you know, yeah. um, we can do hard things. We've done harder things. Absolutely. Know? And the amazing people that we meet on our journey, you know, I, I have people I can reach out to and when I'm really in my own head, cause I still have those days. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday was one of those days. Um, I try to get outside of myself by being of service to someone else. Mm. Doing something nice for someone else and I don't need recognition for it. You yeah. know, that's not what it's about today. I don't I don't need a pat on the back. I just want to do something nice for somebody and it doesn't matter if it's a little note or you know, giving them a call saying, "Hey, I was just thinking about you today. How are things in your world?" and then really listening. Mm. You know, and so gratitude, living in gratitude. And being of service are two things that really help me f- with balance.
0: Right. I'm interested in that because um, y- you have that same gift that uh, Coach Jed Jensen has.
1: Ooh, I love and, Jed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you have an impression, you have a feeling um, to go with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I am the best one at making excuses. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'll have these impressions and I'll be like, well, Yeah, they don't want to hear from me. And I'll talk myself out of this. Jed, and you, what you just said, too, have the ability that when you have a feeling like, I need to call this person. It's not coming from you know the deep, dark corners of your brain. It's coming right. from somewhere spiritual. It's coming right. from somewhere in your heart. You should follow through with that. How have you noticed um, following through with that voice instead of that addictive voice is, has changed your life for the good? Maybe, like I said, putting you in positions to help serve rather than avoid and hide.
1: Well, I have found that in my own recovery I have had to build a strong connection with my higher power mm-hmm. and in doing that, you know in Utah it can get a little blended and people people <laughs> yeah. like get religion and spirituality mixed up Absolutely. and um, you know my my relationship with my higher power I, I feel like I'm a very spiritual person mm-hmm. and when I get those promptings, I've learned I have to follow through you know and I had someone, a few years ago, tell me, you know, you calling me saved my life because I was going to take my life. Yeah, and so I really, with that, I I try so hard when I get that prompting, I I try to to follow through, um, and I try to be that person that can be there for other people just to listen. You I know, love they that. don't need me to fix their problems; they sometimes mm-hmm. just need someone to listen.
0: Absolutely. That's an interesting thing, I, y- you say that, and and I know that that, that Coach Jensen's been in that same situation. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a there was a, a young woman that he felt inspired to call, and that was that same scenario. And and he, you know, next call was asking us if we could get her some help, which which we were able to. Yeah. And I get thinking that that is no that is no fluke, you know. And, right. and you saying that too, I think the listeners you've got to understand that. There's a difference when you're in active addiction and that voice is gone versus when you are sober and it's there. It's kind of like, how do, how do you teach others? I mean, this is something I don't even know, Christy. How do we teach others to tune into that? To like be aware that when you're clean and when you're allowing your heart to be open again, your higher power is there right. and there are situations in the universe that align that will help you become an instrument in someone else's life if you listen like you remember you remember when i remember when i didn't have that voice right, right. it's a, it's night and day so i mean yeah. how do you teach like them to become aware of it
1: well it goes a little like this okay if I listen to my brain, I can create a lot of insanity in there, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, me uh, too. My heart wants to have a lot of sympathy and fix things for people. Mm-hmm. So I don't listen to my brain as much or my heart. I listen to my gut. Mm. My gut prompting is that spiritual prompting for me. I love that.
0: So, yeah. so be aware of where it's coming from, Absolutely. too. That's Absolutely. a really eloquent way to describe that because I've never really thought about that until just now. Like, how do we teach people to be in tune? And I'm with you. I'll overthink things yeah. into, like, doing it for them. And I'm like, that doesn't help. Right. But when your gut says, hey, lean in or back off or ask or, you know, or, or go to – you start getting into that that frame of spiritual enlightenment and awareness, and you're do you're on the right path, right? And it can be it can be kind of a bugger sometimes too, huh? Yeah, because
1: yeah, you're like I, can. I wanted to go home
0: and eat dinner. <laughs> now I got yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. that's an amazing thing. W- would there be anything in this world you would trade for something of greater value than that? No, me either. No, nope, it's about. a no brainer, huh? Yeah. I love that. I love that. What are some of the things that you, you've you looked back at now and you're like, like you said, and that and takes a lot, I think, of, of connection to say, the passing of my husband, um, I can understand that now. What other aspects of, of adversity can you look back at now and say, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have learned this?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, with, with, um, so I want to share with you my my mom is dying of cancer yeah. right now. And yeah. uh, it would be really easy to, to flip the switch and, and distance myself from her, right? Right. So survival for myself. Um, listening to that gut prompting, it's so cool that I get to show up for her today and give her quality of life, mm. you know? Um, so that's one, one huge thing. You know, I get to give my mom quality of life and just be there and make her life the best as it can be right now in these end stages. Um, The other thing is, you know, um, listening to that gut prompting has kept me going in a way that I believe I go through experiences to help another person, you Mm -hmm. know? And, And so I believe that my higher power places people in my life at a certain time for a certain reason, hmm. and I can't ignore that, right? Because it's not just—I mean, you know—I've—I've I've been a, a recovery coach. I've been a, you know, a team captain here with addict mm-hmm. athlete. I've—I've I've done the twelve-step uh, sponsorship, you know, and um, I can't fix anybody else's problems, but I can share my share my experience of recovery with them. Yeah. that that it is possible you know i mean you just keep pushing forward do the next right thing tomorrow is a new start absolutely
0: i i think sometimes we forget how 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 simple it really is when we try to like look at the complexities of, of recovery yeah when when you really pull back layers it's not that difficult is it no that's the beauty no. of it like we're all trying to overthink this aren't we
1: <laughs> you know i i shared with you before we before we started here that on Saturday, um, yes, I'll have 15 years sober. 15 years. And to me, that is so crazy. So oh. crazy. Like, I can think back where I was 15 years ago. Today, I was in Tijuana, Mexico, doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And, you know, here I am 15 years later, and I have a life I never dreamed was even possible. Uh-huh. And it's not, al- it's not always about me. It's about other people, you know. It's about... Um, sharing hope, like letting people see that, that things are possible. And, and, you know, it's not these materialistic things I shared with someone today. I made a, a dream board with these materialistic things that I wanted. And I have all those things and they don't matter. You <laughs> Your know? dream board has been been um, fulfilled and you're like, man, <laughs> it's not those materialistic things that matter. It's the internal peace and freedom. It's what I'm able to do as a mom, as a mentor, as a sister, as a daughter. Yeah. You know, um, my my oldest, or not my oldest, my brother Russ, he's mm-hmm. just a few years older than me. Um, he had a stroke on my sober birthday last year. Oh, my heavens. Um, and I was so surprised that my first thought was not to go get loaded. My first thought was, I need to go help my brother's family. You know, they're yeah. going through a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, And, you know, it's just like turning the tables, because when I was getting sober, he's the one that called, well, when I was using, he called every day and said, you know, I love you, and I'm here when you're ready to get help. I'm going to help you. And in this, the way that his life has gone, I mean, thank God that there wasn't more damage done with his stroke. He's pretty normal for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, But to be able to step in and, and repay without even realizing you know, yeah. but just to be there for his family the way that he was there for me. And it wasn't anything that I had planned. It's, that's how the universe aligns things. You well,
0: know? then I have to ask you, why are so many of us, so many people in recovery, afraid of the adversity? Knowing that it's going to come in one way, to, shape, form, right?
1: We're addicted to pain and suffering. Yes. we think we don't deserve any better.
0: Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It, uh, help me dive into that for a minute because I, I love where your head's at.
1: You know... Um, I used to think I didn't deserve a relationship. I didn't deserve an education. I didn't deserve happiness because of all these bad things I had done. Yeah. Right? Um, I I used to believe I was powerful enough to convince someone to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All that pain and suffering. And so until I was able to let go of that and see that life is so much more. And when you're living in the past and when you're living in fear even – you are not present to take care of, to take advantage of the situations and the blessings that's put in front of you today. Absolutely. Right? And so um, realizing that your past doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. you know your, your past doesn't define you. That's not who you are today. You get to decide who you are today. And yeah. today I'm not that person, you know? And yeah. without all those experiences, I wouldn't be able to help people the way that I can today.
0: I love that. You're, you're you're so right, and I think you're right on the money. Uh, I work with so many people that are the, the why me's and why now, and it's like, well, why not you and why not now? Yeah. You have the ability and the strength to, to persevere through this if you'll utilize not just the tools but the people around you. Like you Absolutely. said, people come into your life for a reason. It's not a fluke. Right. And I think if we realize that uh, – that they're there for a specific reason we can see that when we ask for help or when we lean into that support or when we're like even just using them as, as sounding boards like you said we can figure out our own stuff yeah being being therapists, like you, like you know it's kind of a funny job because like i talked to dr paul jenkins who you know yesterday right. and he's like all we do is illuminate the obvious right and i'm like yeah, and sometimes we have to be reminded of that, and I love that as kind of a metaphor for what we do for people is is turn the lights on, right, and then let the darkness be be flooded away.
1: Yeah, you know, when you have someone that's believing in you just a little bit, you know, and that's you know, I was I was talking to uh, to someone about a year ago, and they're like, "Well, the work that you do as a therapist or as a counselor sounds like missionary work," and I said, <laughs> "Well, it kind of is, yeah, you know, um, a lot of ways we." we believe in people and to watch that light start to come back on Mm -hmm. is man, it's just an undescrib, indescribable feeling like to watch that light come back on and watch someone start to believe in themselves, Absolutely. you know, and I just want to throw in there real quick, something else that I learned from you. Cause you know, <laughs> when I first got sober, I remember sitting down with the guy that did my assessment and saying, well, you've never smoked a cigarette. You've never done this or that. How can you tell me what I need? Yeah. And I use this so much today. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're teachable, You can learn anything from anyone because even those people who haven't done drugs and alcohol, they've been through pain. They've been through their own suffering and they've done it without picking up and drinking and drugging. A hundred percent. And I share that with people so much because you can learn anything from anyone, you know. And as I've tried to mentor people in the recovery community, I don't just tell them to, you know, do what or you know don't just look for someone that has what you want yeah you know you got to be willing to do the work yeah i didn't get where i am today without other people and without putting in some really hard work yeah you know and so if you want what they have do what they do
0: it, it seems it seems so cliche, but you're absolutely right. That's one of the most that's one of the most beautiful things I, I realized when, when uh, you know, figuring out who I am as a husband and, yeah. and, and and as a father, as a therapist, as a coach, all these things, um, is yeah. Everyone's here to teach us about themselves some way right. somehow, and you know, you don't have to have had the same experience to get the same outcome. You know, I love the fact, and I'm sure you probably speak to that, you know, right now going to school because you're, you're, you're in classes right now with, with people that don't have the same experience you have that could get in their heads and say, what am I even doing this for? I, I, you know, I don't get this. And it's like, no, like like you you're going into this for a specific reason, and you mm. may not have the same talents and quirks that I have, but you have want stuff that I don't have, and so we need you up there, absolutely. right?
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I love it. I think that's great. Yeah. What's on the horizon for, for for Christy Long? What's what's next? I mean, I know you're like blue, slow down. I'm still in school, but like, <laughs> what are what's on the horizon? Because like you said, we're always marching to the horizon. It always changes. But what's out there for you? What are you what are you, you know? aiming for?
1: Well. I will be done with grad school in a year Awesome. and at that point I really hope to open some sort of my own practice where, um, you know, of course it will be open to everybody, but I, I really have a passion at working with people who have extensive incarcer- incarceration mm-hmm. histories in the prison. Um, and so that's, you know, that's what I want to get back to. Yeah. I want to help these guys who feel like they're, and gals, you know, I don't run across as many gals. but um, these individuals who feel like they're not capable and mm-hmm. to help them see that they are capable of so much more than they give themselves credit for.
0: I love that, Christy. I, I remembered as you were saying that, that it was one of our athletes. Her name's Ro. And she's she, I mean, you and her I, I, and <laughs> Marissa, we need Roe to listen to this because she's in the same position you are she's got single mom doing life the way she can i mean as you said that it all hit me i'm like you two are exactly the same her brother gets out of prison and has no idea how to do life and she's like how do i how do I teach him that this isn't normal, but this is, you know, she told me one time that he he brought home some person that he wanted to help. And she's like, Hey, I'm so glad you want to do that, but not here. Like, we can't, does that make sense? Yeah. And she's the one that brought up that point of interest that like there's, there's a lot of bridging that needs to be built between there. Marissa uh, got me hooked on TikTok. It's a horrible, horrible addiction, but there's this guy on there (laughs) who'd been in prison for like 21 years and he, He came out, and the very first one I saw of him was him telling the the public at large what it was like coming out, because he said, they pushed me out of prison, they gave me this plastic thing that said had money on it, and they're like, okay, go. And he's like, he went to the store and just stood there, had no idea, what do I do with this? And then once he found out you had to put it here and slide it there, asked for this thing called a PIN number, he's like, what, What, what's a PIN number? And then some lady came and took him under his wing and kind of showed him the ropes, but it was like, holy crap we take so much for granted. We don't realize that they need help. I mean, here we are expecting them to catch up to us. Right. You're, I think you're right. And they get discouraged
1: and they end up going back. Absolutely. And the biggest thing is, you know, lead by example. Don't be so quick to judge them, you know, and like in my own family, you know, um, we're all in recovery today. Yeah. And we all try to help the best we can in the recovery community, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's really cool. Like, Another thing I've learned from you is families heal together. Yes they you do. know? And yep. with me that's been I'm the only sister, so I'm very you know, my brothers are very involved in my life. Yep. And not only that, but then to see my little home team of me and my kids.
0: Yes. You know,
1: and we get to lead by example. You know, even so Zach, my oldest, he um he was recognized by the Payson Mayor a few years ago for the work that he uh, was doing with kids in the school who had parents in active addiction, man. Um, and Casey today, you know, I had a teacher call me on my way here that said, Hey, I just want to tell you how impressed we are with your son. And you know, that's just cool, you know? And, and these kids, every Halloween, they go strap their dad's picture on their shirt. We run a half marathon, you know, that's, we started that with addict athlete. That was my first half marathon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's a family tradition now, you know. That's how you turn the mess into the message. You know? I love and, it, Christy.
0: Yeah. I love that more than anything because I remember when you were moving out of your community to move to to Payson. Yeah. And you were like, we're really getting out of here because of the stigma. Yes. And to hear now that you've got, you know, teachers calling, praising. You've got, you know, govern- you got mayors calling, praising. It's like all those kids needed was for you to say, hey, enough, we're, we're right. moving on. And I that to me is, is huge. Because I remember that was a big part of our last podcast was some of that stigma that followed yeah. you. And It's like, no, you create your own and right. you did it.
1: Well, and, you know, it's been really cool to watch with my kids because I felt like living in the bigger city, they were forced to conform to who and what society thought they should be. Yeah. They were judged a lot by my past. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In pace, and they've been able to form their own identities, and it's been so cool, you know. And my house is the hangout house. I got like fifteen kids that come hang out every weekend. My house gets noisy sometimes, but they like to hang out at my house, and I can see what they're doing, you know. And each one of these kids know that I love them, I care about them, you know. And I've had them come sit down and say, "Hey, I'm having a hard time with this," or. You know some of them have parents in active addiction and my kids are like hey you know it's possible for parents to heal look at my mom yeah you know and that's pretty cool to hear from my kids you know see? um i just had one of their friends call me on my way here also you know and he's like hey i just need some advice on this real quick and okay i'll see you on saturday he says you that's know and amazing it's just really cool you know that my kids can can be out there sharing the message as well you know absolutely my little eight-year-old she's such a sweetheart Um, she's
0: eight already oh i know she'll be nine next month oh my gosh
1: but you know she just wants to help people you know and it's been really cool she got her mom's heart Mm -hmm. she she's never had to see me intoxicated at all you know and um we focus on health today not not this crazy, you know, society's view of what's beautiful, being skinny and this and that. We we focus on the inner beauty and living in values and um, and just doing the next right thing. And she tries, you know, she come home the other day and she said, Mom, there's a, a girl at school that's going through cancer oh. and I want to give her some money. Can I give her some of my money? You know, how many nine-year-olds do you get to say that? Not you know? many, not many. And so I just, I feel like, my journey has helped shape these kids they could have taken such a different direction with what they could have gone so different yeah you know and again they've done the work i'm just guiding them i'm just a, a vessel that a higher power is working through to help them you know and, and uh-huh. they're helping other people
0: i know that's true because i see your facebook posts all the time and it seems like the longs are always out doing something epic yeah. i'm like we got to catch up <laughs> with the long family they're down doing dune buggies and and stuff again but it's true, and and you know what? When I and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, as I stay, I, I I Facebook stalk quite a few people that I love, and as I'm looking at your family, all of them are smiling. Yeah, they're they're just it's genuine, Christy, and, and I'm like that. That to me, you can tell the forced smile versus the real smile. Sure. And for years now, your family's had those real smiles, right. and is it, it to me? I mean, that's that's the ultimate paycheck. Yeah. Right? Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, and the really cool thing is, every Sunday we take turns between my house and my brother's houses and all of us get together so it's my brothers our mom their spouses their kids my kids you know and and it's family love family gathering together and everybody's always always smiling and it's genuine and you know Man. it's the best thing because honestly I thought that it I thought that the three of us that struggle with addiction at least one of us would have died you know yeah. and so to see where we're all at today and we just want to help other people see that it's possible you know I love it's
0: it. you again that, that's your 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 family's heartbeat beating at the same yeah. rhythm as I love it Christy that's why it's been too long. We needed we needed this earlier, but I think it happened today for a specific reason. Yeah. So thank you for spending some time with us today thank and you. and jumping back on here old school style, right? Right. It's awesome. I love it. You were thank there from the beginning, athletes. You've been well fed. I hope that this has helped. Um, take Christy's words and and the inspiring message and apply it to your life, ladies. We need your stories. Don't hide. Come out of come out of that darkness. Show show the show the world who you are. Um, and I know that you can get in touch with Christy through social media, and she's Anytime. always there to say hi. She's always and there to help.
1: Believe in yourselves, you know? Heck believe yeah. in yourselves, and you
0: do This absolutely, let's do it. It can be done absolutely because uh, no one's going to come pick you up because your son's always telling them to pick <laughs> you up at the finish line. I love that, uh, it's a great story. Athletes, again, thank you so much. Wanted to give Radio Ronan a shout out. Thanks so much for allowing Addict Athlete to be part of the Radio Ronan podcasting network. And athletes, until next time, go turn that mess into a message.